0: Hello everybody, welcome to uh, one more episode of MGR Unplugged. This is your host Manuel Gil Del Real and I'm here with David. David Gil um, uh, with me again. Hello David, how are you? I'm very good. We um, we were off for the last, um, well, actually, we were not off. We were actually out of the country for the last uh, couple of weeks, actually a little less than two weeks. We can and um, we, we missed um, the podcast as we advertised. However, we're back now and uh, lots of stuff coming up in the last, last uh, two months of the year. But uh, today I thought we'd just do a um, um, short mini podcast with our impressions from the last trip. We specifically went to Spain and we were in a couple of cities in Madrid and Valencia. And um, even though, you know, I'm originally from there and I grew up in Spain, I know exactly how, you know, how the Spanish lifestyle is uh, for a person now is in the U.S., and you know, goes to Spain maybe three, four times, five times a year, it still is a little contrast for me to see how you know, things have changed over in Europe and how the lifestyles have actually um, improved in a certain way and also be different than what we normally see in the U.S. So we're going to have a, a few highlights of things that we've seen. Some of them are more on the curious type um examples and and funny things and some others are actually more work-related as far as things that we could learn from. So um, let's get started. Uh, The first thing is that uh, we actually stayed in an Airbnb uh, which was my first time in in Europe in an Airbnb and actually I have to tell you the experience was Completely um, Seamless I think um, I, I booked It was an apartment It was a three bedroom apartment And uh, By the beach Near Valencia Or in Valencia Near the beach actually And um, I booked it through uh, Airbnb With a local host Who actually lived in Germany But he was hosting The apartment Through um, Some kind of um, Agency in Spain And um, and The apartment was just fine It was actually As, as advertised And which, which by the way Is uh, Like I was thinking If I I mean I don't own
1: you know, real estate. But if I were to own real estate, I I would probably consider, uh, and I would have to do more research on this, but I think the opportunity of having like an agency that just handles everything, obviously that exists with property managers, but doing it instead of like renting it out Mm -hmm. to long-term tenants, doing Airbnb. Because the truth is you can make more money with Airbnb, but it takes more work. But if you just have some company and you say, okay, you get a cut, but we're making basically, mm-hmm. I mean, you can really uh, make probably double the monthly rent. Right, just by the with frequency of rentals.
0: Exactly. So so like I said, the uh, the experience was uh, pretty seamless. I was a little concerned about, you know, you pay upfront front and all that stuff and then you kind of say, Okay, will the apartment be ready or what kind of apartment? But no, it was actually everything was fine. We met with the uh, the person from the agency when we arrived opened the apartment, the apartment was fully uh, furnished, and everything, a little, the details were there, maybe it was just a good luck situation, but they have uh, dishes, plates, blankets, towels, everything, everything was there, basically, other than buying food, we didn't have to do anything, and um, it was good, it was good, a good experience, and then we checked out so early in the morning that I actually left the keys at the kitchen counter, and then um, we didn't even meet the host at the end, we just said, hey, we're leaving early, uh, everything is there, and then Everything was fine. They said thank you very much and we're done. So, compared to a hotel, actually, I'm thinking I've always been to um, to Spain different hotels and and you know uh, different uh, traditional lodging options. And now I'm thinking that Airbnb I, might be the good <laughs> option. I think option. I think definitely for me for long term stays, if it's like a two nights or
1: whatever, because the the problem with mm. Airbnb. Is that they do have? This is true with hotels too, but they have like lots of extra fees that are not just the standard one. So, like if you have a, it depends, but it could be like a seventy-five dollar cleaning fee or something, right? And right. so, if you're staying two nights, that's a lot for two nights, seventy-five bucks extra. Mm-hmm. But if you're staying for like you know a week or something, then then Which it's uh, more.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because in our place the uh, the cleaning fee was fifty euros. Yeah. But the guys the the host said if you leave the apartment kind of dirty and filthy, which we didn't. We cleaned up everything yeah. before we left. And the guy actually said, okay, yeah, it was very clean. So we didn't pay the cleaning fee. Obviously, I'm assuming the clean stuff, but that's expected, you know. Uh, but we didn't trash the apartment. We didn't do anything like leaving stuff all over the place. So we left it basically like we found it. And um, so he, he didn't charge any additional fees. So that was that was a good deal. All right, so all the things that we saw, David, anything that you want to... Uh, Comment? Yeah, just the cost of living
1: was a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's I mean I, I obviously I know that the US is one of the more expensive places to live. And we don't even live in an expensive place really in the US. We live in Phoenix, which is probably middle of the road as far as it's not cheap. It's getting
0: there, but, but it's, it's not it's, definitely like sophisticated yeah, it's gotten, or Los Angeles or any yeah. major uh, east coast.
1: It's gotten uh, more city. expensive because I didn't know this until recently. Phoenix is actually the fastest growing city by population uh, in the US. I didn't know that. Austin is getting up there too. But it's it's not it's hard to notice because it's not like in Phoenix if you've ever been here. We don't have, like, tall buildings or anything like that Mm -hmm. other than, like, small areas of the city because they have very strict building codes, which I disagree with pretty uh, vehemently that you can't build, like, more than three stories in the majority of the city. So everything is just super spread out. Uh, But anyways, it's kind of like L.A. would be the closest comparison. But even L.A. has a little more uh, urban uh, feel to it than Phoenix. Phoenix is just a giant (laughs) suburb. But... Yeah, it's not that expensive, basically. It's getting more, but it's not any more close to San Francisco, what about, New uh, what, York, I mean, L.A. Europe is definitely, uh, I mean, as much as... Uh, but the, the point is, like, Madrid and Valencia. I mean, Valencia is a smaller city, and it's it's not as high incomes, but, like, Madrid, which is the capital of, of so, Spain, and it's, it's basically like the New York City of Spain. It's a big city, um, and it's, I mean, the cost of living is not that much and even just like one thing is like the rent is cheaper but it's not just the rent you know it's like like we went to uh this little local i guess you could call it like a not even a deli it's like a unique thing that we don't really have here but it's like a uh choose your meal type of uh place so you just go there and they have like it's kind of like a subway like you said it was it was like a subway but instead of choosing like ingredients it's just buckets of food And you have whatever. You could have fish or rice or ham or anything. All all types of – and it's Spanish food, so it's a little different. But basically that type of thing. And we got – like it was like everything came with like chicken, and then you could get two extra little meals with it. And we thought, oh, it's going to be like some chicken breast or something. Like you go to Chick-fil-A and and you get a little chicken. And it was 10 euros, which is like, I don't know, 11, 12 bucks for like – Four buckets of food, like it would cost like thirty dollars here, and we got it for
0: ten. And it w- we were like, "Oh my god, this is so." We uh, had and that was uh, it wasn't like a like a fast food place. This no, no, was, no, no, this no. was food that was like roasted chicken, uh, completely. It was made chicken paella dishes, and, and we thought fish. it would be like a, a chicken breast or something. Right. No, no, no,
1: it was an entire chicken not full chicken for like an entire chicken and then you get two extra buckets of food a full, and a
0: side of fries and when and i a say fries baguette of bread like it's like a two feet long
1: it was a bucket of fries that is like getting like three large fries at any fast food place all of that for 10 euros
0: and we had no idea we're, we had so much food we were like oh I don't well know what the to same do thing this. i ordered like two servings for 21 euros or something and I, it says one main and and then two side uh or additional to choose from or something and i thought it was going to be again like a few pieces of chicken breast or chicken wings or whatever and i got like two full chickens a whole bucket or tupperware or box of spanish rice or paella type and then i got fish um i got a whole bucket of, like you said, fries, a full bread, a two-liter soda Coke know the, they, That comes free with it. We didn't even order it. They said, oh, yeah, you get this giant bottle of Coke, too. <laughs> so, anyways, we went there to just grab a little quick meal and ended up with four bags of food that we didn't know what to do with. Yeah, <laughs> But the the point is that, and it's the same thing,
1: like, here, if you live in the U.S., like, you just want a coffee. It doesn't matter where you go to, whether you go to a Starbucks or any other, you know, cafe. Uh, yeah, you can go to like a, a McDonald's or whatever, but if you want to go to like a nicer little cafe, it's going to be 4 or 5 dollars for a coffee. There there were coffee shops that bu- were the same quality, a lot of them actually, I think were kind of copying the Starbucks style, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the wood rustic look and but it was like a dollar, a dollar 50 for coffee instead yeah. of 4 or 5 dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh but just things like that, the overall cost of living is so much the, the lower. only thing
0: the only thing that is obviously more expensive in Europe or one of the things that uh, best necessity is fuel yeah Gas fuel is, is expensive. expensive but At the same time, transportation is very, very cheap and very good. So any major city has a lot of different means of transportation, such as subways, buses. Uh, They even have, I mean, share rides now, like as far as, um, or even uh, scooters, bikes, electric bikes, and all that stuff, they're everywhere there. The the
1: difference there, too, is that even a smaller city like Valencia has lots of public transportation. Like in the US, yeah, okay, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, like some of those cities have public transportation. But if you go anywhere like Phoenix, Houston, even LA, like anywhere that's like like a, not a city city, more of a spread out city, just doesn't really have much public transportation. And or there- Or they
0: have the type of transportation that is really inconvenient. Like you had to drive somewhere park your car, ride the bus, you know, it's just, it's just, to me, it just never works. Right. And like, like in Valencia,
1: it's very, like a lot of people in New York, for example, don't own a car. And that's because, you know, parking super expensive and you have tons of transportation, but that's, yeah. If you live in New York or San Francisco or Chicago, maybe you can get away with not having a car. If you live in Phoenix, you can, you have to have a car. There's no public transportation really. I mean, there's some buses, but it's, it's they come once every forty-five minutes, and they don't go very far. Anyways, uh, you need a car basically to get anywhere in Phoenix, and we don't have any train system, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, but the, like pretty much everywhere in Europe, most of Europe has some form of a decent public transportation. Well,
0: they have they have most of the cities have subway system that is very complete, and they have they intercity have, yeah transportation. Mm-hmm. You can get a train from Madrid to Valencia. Two
1: hours and... Yeah, well, a,
0: a high-speed train. You yeah. go, like, we've gone 200 miles an hour several times from Madrid to Valencia, which is even better than driving. Driving, you can go on the freeways and, and toll roads and all that stuff and get there. You know, it's, usually, it's about 350 kilometers, so usually in three, three and a half hours you get there. But uh, uh, with the train, I mean, we were driving, remember, and the train passed us. I was driving, like, 120, 130 kilometers per hour, maybe a little faster. Um, on the train past me, like I wasn't even moving. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't incriminate yourself on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were
1: going the exact speed limit. 120 kilometers is like 80 miles an hour. Well, 70. 70.
0: Yeah. It's basically the same speed limit up here. Like 65, 75. That's the typical speed limit for the freeways. Uh, but anyways, the, the high speed train was going at least, I mean, we know because we've been there, uh, at 200 miles per hour, 300 and something kilometers per hour. So, but my, my
1: point of all of this is was that something that as a business person I was thinking when I was there uh, because it's not just Spain. Spain is – basically we, we were looking at, okay, what's the median income in Spain? Uh, what's the median income in, in lots of European countries? So in Spain, it's I think it's like 23,000 euros. France is like 26,000 euros. Uh, basically most of Europe, even Germany, which is like – probably the wealthiest, Top besides economy. Yeah. the wealthiest UK and Germany are the wealthiest. Even Germany is like 29,000 euros as median income. So less than 30,000, which basically the US is about 30, I think now it's like 35. But the point is that especially in the U.S. because we have such low unemployment right now, salaries keep going higher and higher and higher. And a job that, say, five years ago, someone would get paid 50, they probably make 70 now just because there's so much demand for 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 knowledge work. And, you know, in the U.S., it's a big topic of, like, obviously – You know, if you get on the politics side, you have lots of politicians, Trump, uh, lots of politicians on all sides saying, oh, we're going to bring manufacturing jobs back, things like that. But the thing that the U.S. hasn't lost, that we still basically the majority of people uh, in knowledge work and high-skill service work, all that work has stayed here. It hasn't been exported for the most part. Um, And my thought was, okay, as a business person, uh, you know, we could hire someone in Spain. Obviously, the only thing would be the language barrier, but in Europe, many more people speak uh, like English or a second language yeah, than they do here. Right. Um, so, a lot of people that we met in that were like French speak English, Spanish speak English, uh, but basically, a, a lot of people speak English there. And so, uh, I was the per, but the thing is that someone in the US who makes like 60, 70,000 a year there's a person in Europe who would gladly do that same job for like 30,000 a year. And the truth is that I, w- I was thinking, I was like, uh, I think that there's a real, p- especially as remote work expands, I mean, we're a remote company, you know, we have a lot of people in Phoenix, but we are not uh, against hiring people outside of Phoenix either. Well, but, we have people all over the world, even,
0: even in right. Europe, Southeast
1: but, Asian countries and all that So, But for the most part, our team is in the U.S. But really, for things that are, um, the the only thing is the time uh, difference. But that's actually is you is can a work that annoying. to your
0: advantage. I mean, the, the thing is, you can you can hire people in other countries, like mainly European countries. They're gonna be any time between eight nine hours ahead of us. Um, they're gonna live very well with a salary that you said is like twenty five thirty thousand right, dollars like, a year. Like
1: someone making thirty thirty five thousand in Europe is very well off. Basically,
0: oh. I mean, thirty thirty five
1: thousand in Europe is the equivalent of about, I'm going to go Phoenix. I know that big cities have different salaries, but someone making like 60, 70,000 in Phoenix is doing pretty well. Um, And that's the equivalent of making like 30, 35,000 in Europe. And so uh, that's why I think that now the difference is the U S has more high skilled laborers than those countries, but they're definitely catching up. And especially as, uh, education and learning these things becomes very democratized because for the things we do you don't really i mean you don't need to go to school for like digital marketing you can learn all of that stuff online these days um and i think that those people in europe can do the same thing that the people in the us learn online and and i think that we could see definitely over the next 10 15 years a lot of outsourcing of higher skilled knowledge work to europe and other countries just like we saw with manufacturing jobs, that's one mm-hmm. thing that really opened my eyes because uh, I never—I mean, obviously, I've been to Europe many times, but I—I this was the first time where I kind of really thought about, hmm, people here don't make that much money to don't need to make that much money based on the cost of living, and. They'll happily work for 30000 35000 and that's living very well in Europe.
0: Right, and and we, we noticed that ourselves. We were there for just about under two weeks, and uh, we were both working, you know, as we were attending other events and stuff, and uh, and obviously living there, and like I said, between the, and obviously we didn't, we had an Airbnb, which wasn't that expensive. I think we paid like $75, $80 a night or something like that for, for the apartment, and that was a high-end, you know, uh, three-bedroom apartment and all that stuff, but you can you can be in an apartment that you're splitting the rent with your with another person or husband wife partner whatever and then have a job that is paying you you know $500 a week uh, $2000 a month um you are very well off there because like i said i mean well we, i wouldn't say very well off no, you're you're, you're, you're in good shape you can employment. do you can live fairly decently i mean no not not buy yourself a mercedes or anything but you can live very well with $24,000 a year there. Uh, I mean, very well meaning in the city, you can go out, you can go out to dinner. I mean, that's the thing that attracted me or, or surprised me quite a bit actually. I've been, obviously I grew up in Spain, but I would be there pretty much every year for the last 15, 20 years. And I never, it doesn't matter if it's a recession or anything like that, I never stop seeing people at department stores, at restaurants, going out. The streets are crowded every time of the day. I don't care if it's lunchtime, early morning, evening, holidays. People just go out all the time. They like to go out. They like to shop. They like to go to restaurants. They gather out in cafeterias. They have their coffee, their afternoon, right. happy hour, beer, whatever. They just keep consuming. I, but, I'm not sure how much debt they have. But, my <laughs> but counterpoint, it can't be any more than the U.S. My counterpoint
1: to that was basically you just said it like, yeah, they can go into debt to do that. That's great. But they're going to have to pay that debt eventually. And just because they're uh, going see, into – like, like I always use the metaphor, and I do this for governments too because I think that there's a lot of uh, propaganda out there that points to other uh, governments saying, oh, look at how this government runs. They're so great. And it's like, uh, no, just because they – basically have way higher taxes and go into debt doesn't mean that they're doing great. Like, I could go. But they're not that much in debt. We looked at yeah, the Yeah, but average. they are. They're more in debt than the U.S. Well, no. And they
0: make way less money. Not really. Proportionally, they're not more in debt. I mean, yeah, the I average mean, credit was- card debt in the U.S. is what?
1: I don't know but. the number, but I know proportionately
0: that basically the average
1: Spanish person, I think we looked it up, was 90-something percent. Their debt was about 90-something percent debt of their income. income ratio, right. Yes. And what my point is… I can live this lavish lifestyle if I wanted to. I could go max out my credit card, buy all types of dumb stuff I don't need, go get an auto loan that I can't afford, and get some fancy car, and but buy do some that. big house. People don't and, do that. And look into my neighbors. I look like, oh, David's doing so well. But then guess what? The debt the, the debt is going
0: to be eventually. No, but that's not eventually. what there. I mean, you see people that just go out. They go have a coffee. Again, they go in the afternoon just like we do here. They go have a coffee, they have a beer, they go shopping, all the stuff. I don't know. I mean I think I think obviously it was an urban, you know, situation or environment versus a suburban thing where you don't see yeah, many I mean, people on people the streets. That but uh, in uh, urban places too, here yeah. it's not a difference. Yeah, but uh, I think I think um Go it's to just New York a, a any whole time of day, it's
1: three in the morning, there's people out.
0: Yeah, but not the right kind of people. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be there, but uh, I can tell you, at uh, three in the morning in New York, I wouldn't like to be in the streets. I'm not saying you should be in the streets, but I'm saying there's people there. <laughs> the, the, the quality. <laughs> if of you their go character. get money at, the, at an ATM after like two in the morning, is never for a good reason. So, um, anyways, but but the thing is, I, I agree. I mean, the um, I, I not only I mean you 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 mentioned hiring somebody from Europe, but I also think that an American person that decides to. Uh, work overseas, and uh, let's say that they go to Europe, and they decide, oh, I'm gonna spend three months or four months or five yeah, months mean, a lot of year do that these living days. in Europe. Um, it's almost like if they have an American salary, and they are living in Europe, and they have a decent apartment that is not super expensive, and then the cost of living there, they can actually end up saving quite a bit of money by being six months there.
1: It really depends on your job. In our job, I wouldn't want to do that, because I deal with so many American clients, and the time zone difference, it's not, it's annoying when I'm in Spain. It's,
0: it's very difficult to coordinate. I actually think uh, Europe is better than other countries. I mean, when I go to Europe and I do the same thing as you Yeah, but do. if you're eight hours ahead of like the, the West coast, for
1: example, that means that basically 8 PM in, in Europe is noon here. Mm-hmm. And so basically your nighttime is is the US daytime. Yeah. So if you want to work at night that's fine, but if you want to work during the day everybody's asleep. So but, if you're in like yeah, it depends but, on the work. So if right. you're like if I was like a writer or something or like something like that where it's like I don't need to be talking to people, I just need to do my job, oh, I live anywhere. And a lot of people do do that. But in our case, in my specific case cuz I'm talking to clients all
0: day, especially US-based clients, uh I mean, no, I am too, but you know, you say I'm living in Europe, and then my thing is that when you're in Europe, you have all morning to do whatever you want, whether you want to do sightseeing, go to a beach, or actually do work. And then by the time the day starts in the US, whether it's East Coast or West Coast, uh, let's say that it's 3 p.m. in Europe, it's like 9 a.m. for us. So you have all morning to catch up with everything without interruptions, without anybody calling you, with no, no, no. Um, calls or anything and then, right, but then come 9am in the US you start working a little bit You and you put like 3 hours, like 3 to 6 and you get all your information done and then you just keep moving. But, th-
1: but for example 3pm in, in in the US West Coast specific time is 11pm.
0: Yeah but people that send you something at 3pm West Coast they don't expect you to reply right away anyways. You can reply the day after. By the time they get up to work the day after you have the reply so I mean yeah, you're in the emergency business, but normally in the production business, I don't see that being a challenge. I actually prefer to travel to Europe for that particular reason over traveling anywhere in the U.S. Because if you're in the U.S., then everybody expects you to be online or reply in a certain time frame when they talk to you. When you're there, you reply to them right away, and then um, you still have the whole morning to do other stuff. Or actually work, which is what I do. I do work in the morning. I was getting up there. Five, six o'clock in the morning, the same time I got up here, but I didn't have anything or anybody to interrupt me. You know, I was like dead. I could just do everything and reply to all the clients. By the time they get to the office at 2 3 in the afternoon, our time in Europe, they already have my answers, my proposals, everything that they wanted. It depends on your preferences, I guess.
1: But my 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 point was more on the macro sense of like I really think that especially as uh skilled labor and the education that's needed for skilled labor becomes more democratized around the world that i definitely think we could see a a uh, movement of knowledge work away from the us which is something that i don't see a lot of people talking about these days i see a lot of people talking about manufacturing jobs but i don't see like any political candidates talking about losing you know high skilled labor Mm -hmm. you know like a developer In the U.S. these days because there's so much demand for them, Uh, obviously it depends where they are, but they pretty much all make six figures, you know, that's just the case. Um, In Europe, you can find a developer for 50 grand, you know, and I think that that's as people work more remote and there's more and more tools to work remote, uh, I just think that there will be a shift. Um, and I'd like to I, I, from a from a macroeconomic standpoint, I think that that could certainly have an impact, and especially especially if you know times are pretty good right now in the U.S. as far as the economy goes. But if things take a downturn and companies need to basically cut salaries, lay people off, and they say, hmm, there's a guy in uh, Romania who speaks perfect English and is willing to be a developer for 50 grand versus the guy I'm paying in San Francisco for 150 grand or more. Hmm, I might take the Romanian. And
0: and keep in mind that the other thing that I, the other factor that is helping a lot is that the euro now, or the dollar is very strong. Oh, yeah, it's a dollar 10. $1.15, $15, right. right, so the exchange rate is pretty much even now. It's a one ten or one eleven for. I for, know it used uh, to be like one forty. Yeah, it was like almost one fifty. Yeah. So, so yeah, that when you when you convert dollars to euros, I mean, we go there now and we see something that is a coffee. I was having a coffee every morning in a very nice coffee shop. By the way, it was like a nicest Starbucks here, but it was an independently owned coffee shop with free Wi Fi, lots of pastries, coffees of all types, and everything else, even deli food and everything. And uh, yeah, a coffee was 1.30, 1.30 euros, which was like 1.4 dollars, 1.5 dollars, or about 50. And it was that nothing. It was exactly the same as a Starbucks that you pay 50 these days. So just compare that. If you have a coffee a day. You know, you're gonna spend like. 120, 130 bucks a month. Over there, and for it's, 50 bucks. You have coffee every day. It's not the coffees day. though. It's the restaurants. Everything. It's, everything. The restaurant. it's everything. Well, even going to a grocery store. I yeah. mean, grocery shopping here every time is a $100, $120 a week for one person. I buy my own food. That's a little high. Depends where you shop. Well, I just buy normal stuff. And over there, we went shopping for the first time. It was like 40-something euros, and we got food that we didn't even finish. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just... It's just uh, everything is is different, and the cost of living, obviously, salaries are lower. And we think, how do people live there with $25,000 a year? But that's because the cost yeah. of living is much lower, too. So, again, other than gasoline, uh, which is really yeah, expensive. But Europe is pushing for electric cars, too, now. Right, so right. So, people won't even need gas. So... All right, any other little things? I mean, we have a lot of little anecdotes too. I mean, we're, um, uh, restaurants and things. Oh, that's the other thing. When you go to restaurants, they like Americans because we tip typically 15%, yeah. 20%. I was,
1: I <laughs> was tipping more... And even our Spanish uh, people were saying, "Oh no, you don't need to tip that." Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, I mean, I was leaving like, like not high because they're
0: basically they don't do tips. They do the, they, the, they pay the, the, the waiters more. and waitresses and people at the restaurant are professionals, and they're they're on salary, so they're not like based on a small hourly wage plus tips, which right. is part of the U.S. And so I was leaving small what's considered.
1: Uh, bad tip, like 10%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because I know that you're not supposed to leave that much, like 10, 15%. And they were like saying, Oh, no, no, that's way too much. And I was like, What do you mean? 10%. That's nothing. Uh, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The same thing. We, we went to uh, a dinner with some um, uh, clients on, I don't know, I think the bill was like 180. It was like eight or nine of us. And I think I paid 180 euros again for nine people. Uh, dinner full of appetizers and drinks and everything and it was 180 and normally in the US you pay like 30 dollars of tip or something like 30 to 40 like. somewhere in yeah, there, 30, yeah 30 35 40 and uh <laughs> I was gonna give that and then one of the guys Spaniard guys that was there says no are you crazy don't put so much and I was like I, I said okay well at least 20 yeah so I know, 20 make I it know, 200 like or something 20 I was like just to run it off He says, no 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 just just leave like a Couple of Euros. I I was like, uh,
1: and I, I, it was a third I had a thirty dollar bill and I said, Okay, I know that they don't tip very much and I was gonna have three bucks or three Euros. That's so a ten percent, that's nothing. And they're like, No, 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 one euro.
0: I was like, One euro? Are you crazy you on like a so 30 thirty euro bill? Anyways, yeah, that's kinda of funny, but it's just a different system and uh, and of course if you leave that kind of tip. Trust me, the waiter or waitress will be your best friend for a long time. Um, The other thing, obviously, is parking. Parking is a nightmare in Europe or any major city over there. Um, Either you have a place, most of the people live in urban condominiums, apartments, or things like that, and some of the buildings don't have their own parking. Um, Or either how parking is super, super small, and you have to be like a master parking expert. The
1: cars are smaller there too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But you have like 20 columns to thread your car through and fold the mirrors and get out of the car before you park. I mean, it's really, really uh, difficult. But I'm not talking about when you go to your home or your building. I'm talking about the streets. You go anywhere. i here we are used to parking is not an issue. You go to, obviously, New York and all that stuff. But in the typical suburban environment you go to a mall or something and you find parking anywhere you know far away whatever you have to walk a little more but you you have like a big parking lot and you find a, a space over there literally you had to plan parking time so you're not late for your appointments your meeting i mean you go somewhere and then you need to give yourself like a good 15 20 minutes or going around and around in circles i didn't
1: think about that when we were first there
0: yeah And you were
1: saying, yeah, we got to be there at this time. So add another 10 minutes for parking. I was like, 10 minutes for parking. And I
0: was like, oh, no, yeah, you're right. And you start going around in circles through streets and the blocks and try to find something close. And then you start expanding the circle. Before you know, you're parking like a mile away from your destination in a squeezely little tiny parallel parking spot where you bump back and forth the cars in front and behind. And then finally, your car, and then you have to walk half a mile or a mile to to get to where you were so it is really a challenge and that's why obviously to compensate for that they have a great transportation system because they try to make people just use uh, public transportation so that's one of the things there Um, other than that I mean it was a it was a good stay I think uh, we had a good time the weather was fantastic I don't know if we're just lucky or what but uh, we actually went to the beach when we were in Valencia this is like November 1st and 2nd or 3rd or something and you could swim you could be at the beach. I, I went swimming on November first. Okay, so I can say I <laughs> in swam the ocean. in November.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not technically the ocean, the Mediterranean. Well, Mediterranean, but I mean it's, it's not warmer. Like, it's not like going in the, going the, in the, the Pacific.
0: The pool, our pool here is in, in our house, is actually colder than um, you know the ocean was there. So, but it was fun. It was a good time. Um, well, um, anything else, David, that you would like to uh, talk about? No, I think that's it. Um, you have a podcast that you're recording? You did already, right? Yes. We're I going did. back to a normal schedule with uh, the e-commerce. Yes, I
1: did one uh, earlier. That one will be up today. So go check out e-commerce edge.
0: Um, that's that's it, really. All right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week on a normal schedule with... Um, our podcast and I uh, actually have a good guest um, that I will be interviewing in fact tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. I want to um, give more uh, teasers so you can listen to it, but uh, this one will be um, available in the next 24 hours, probably by Saturday morning or Friday even. And then um, next week we'll have another, another lineup of guests that we're working on for the, uh, for the rest of the year. So until then, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.